0: Everything that was really outside of my comfort zone, I'm like, I'm here, I'm by myself. I just gotta, you know, jump into this. And very quickly I started getting responses from brokers and underwriting deals and submitting LOIs and making offers and how you could see how it was gonna work, you know? And I, I felt, I was feeling really good about it. And obviously an uncertain time.
1: What's going on guys, this is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show. Thank you for tuning in today. Our guest is Tim Lyons from Cityside Capital. Tim is here to tell us why he transitioned from small multifamily into syndication. We learn about his professional background as a New York City firefighter and an ER nurse, all while he uh, dealt with COVID and, and all of that. He pivoted as a real estate investor, which I think is fantastic. He turned the difficult situation of being quarantined during COVID into an advantage where he put his head down and made stuff happen. And I just I love to hear that. He's doing great things. You're going to learn about why syndication is a better option for a lot of people and what his experience was as a small multifamily investor before he got into syndication. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. I love learning things from other passive and other active real estate investors. Tim is bringing uh, some great information here, great reasoning as to why syndication is a better avenue for many people like him, like myself, and like many others out there. Thank you for tuning in. Without any further ado, here we go with Tim Lyons. So, for our listeners out there who don't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your background and uh, real estate?
0: I'm a 38 year old guy, like an average Joe, you know. And I've been a New York City firefighter for 15 years, and then recently I was also an ER nurse at a Level One Trauma Center, and that was my side job. You know, as far as I was concerned, I was married, I had three kids, I had a great life, uh, bills were getting paid, you know. But I was working, you know, more and more, you know, and. Found myself working 60s, 70, 80, sometimes 90 hours a week with overtime and hospital shifts. And, um, you know, when I, uh, when my kids were little, it wasn't a big deal because no one really asked questions. But now that they're, you know, nine, seven and uh, almost two, I was catching some heat, you know, uh, daddy, where are you going? Are you going to work again? Like, you know, you just got home last night. And so I started feeling it. I knew my wife was feeling it and I now knew that my kids were feeling it. So I said, there's got to be a better way out there. I got to start figuring something else out. So real estate was always one of those things that I, um, I really kind of always wanted to get into. Um, always told myself that someday I was going to be a real estate investor. I kind of talked myself into, you know, when I retire, I'll, that's going to be the right time for me to invest in real estate. And that, you know, I found out there's a name for that, that people talk about. It's either the arrival fallacy or the destination fallacy that, you know, someday I'll do this and someday I'll do that. But then it wasn't good enough. I had to figure it out and I I wanted to commit to it and then take action. So as a firefighter, I work 24 hour shifts, you know, so I'm there, you know, for a day at a time. And then I got a couple of days off in between and, uh, so I, uh, I used to bring books with me to work. Um, sometimes I'd read them, sometimes I wouldn't. But there's a book in particular that kind of turned this light switch on. And I'm sure your people uh, have probably heard of it. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And that book came with me to the firehouse in my bag for maybe a year without being opened. And finally, um, I read it. And I read it in two days. And I, I immediately just felt like uh, the light bulb went on. And I had to do this, so I started looking for meetups to go to. I started uh, looking for podcasts. You know, I found some that I loved right away, um, and I got hooked. I haven't listened to a song on Pandora in probably a year and a half, uh, because every time I'm in the car or I go for a run or food shopping or anything, I got the I got the earbuds in and I'm listening. I'm taking in content. You know, um, so that's kind of how I got started. You know, and I, you know, when I committed myself to you know trying something else that was the summer of 2019 by november of 19 i was closing on a three-unit property you know a three-unit rental property and you know it was it was a big step because i mean look i was committing my family's capital to something that was unproven i mean my wife was supportive um but you know i think i touched skeptical like how does this work and you know you've never been a landlord before and tim let's be honest you're not all that handy you know and uh she's like i've seen your work around the house and Eesh, you know so you know and and also too it was, it was a time thing right so she's like you know you, you're working all these hours and i uh, you know the goal of real estate maybe is to not work so much so you know how are you going to fit landlording into this whole equation you know and um when i put my mind something, i, I make it happen so uh, after you know maybe 6 months we had the proof of concept and you know my wife was totally on board and Uh, We did a little better on our taxes, you know, in 2020. And uh, so I realized that, you know, I really liked landlording it was a a thrilling type of experience to kind of get that cash flow every month and, you know, make those decisions. Should I fix this and do it this month or next month? Or should I, you know, this capex and, you know, really kind of figuring that out. And I was into the spreadsheets and I, and I wanted to do more right away. So I. So I can do one, two, three family properties and that's great, but that was going to be double the work being the landlord. And it was going to be, you know, the rest of my capital that I had saved and then I'd be kind of tapped out for a while. So I was a little bit frustrated by that, you know, that it was going to be a time commitment and it was going to be a money suck. And I started looking into multifamily. I've heard, you know, I heard about multifamily on podcasts. I heard about multifamily on audiobooks and through bigger pockets and I just didn't think that it was for me. I had this limiting belief that multifamily was for other people, you know, that I wasn't I wasn't clear on how to evaluate multifamily properties, and I ended up diving in uh, because I really felt drawn to the scalability of multifamily. So that kind of brought me into coaching, you know, and I we we were talking offline about you know um, multifamily and coaching programs and you know, the more I dove into the internet uh, about multifamily, uh, the more I found that a lot of people who got started, got started with a coach or a mentor, or they worked for free for a year or two uh, underwriting deals, you know, and having three kids and a full-time job and a part-time job at a hospital. I just didn't think that was going to be a way to do it. So, I was very skeptical of the coaching programs at first. You know, I, I like to joke around that, uh, I have a healthy dose of skepticism baked into my DNA being a, a guy from New York city. But, um, you know, I ended up calling a bunch of different uh, operators and uh, talking to them about their programs. And I, I settled on one and I pulled the trigger and my wife was on board. And, um, uh, that was March of 2020, right before COVID started. And, it was the first week in March. I'll never forget it. And I was all excited. I was like, you know, my, my girls are going to go to school and I'm going to work from the time they go to school to the time they get home and, and I'm going to do all, nothing but multifamily. Uh, well, guess what? School closed down like a week and a half later. And, um, you know, that didn't that didn't work out so well. The flip side to that was as a New York City firefighter, I worked as a lieutenant in a firehouse in Queens. Um, which is, I work in a neighborhood uh, that's very, very heavily populated and and uh, quite low on the socioeconomic uh, scale. So, um, COVID ran through that neighborhood like there was no tomorrow, and there was a lot of uncertainty in the air. Back in March of 2020, April of 2020, uh, we weren't exactly sure how the virus was re- even working, and you know, schools were shutting down, and the economy was shutting down, and. You know, my wife was nervous at the time we had a brand new baby at, at my house and you know we were doing we weren't fighting fires for like three months it was kind of eerie we were doing nothing but cpr on patients with COVID, and we would go we would go from one to the next to the next to the next and it was it was dreadful because nobody was making it and uh you know, usually one, you know, once in a while we get, we're able to help people, you know, and we weren't helping anybody. And outside the hospitals in my neighborhood, there was uh, refrigerated trucks and it was just ugly, you know? So with that being said, I ended up getting sick. And, you know, that's when I decided to move out of my house. I moved into my mother-in-law's house for seven weeks. And instead of being in a bad mood about it, that I I couldn't see my girls and I couldn't be with my family, I just, I really leaned into the coaching and to the education platform and I woke up at like five o'clock in the morning and I worked nonstop until 11, 12 at night. And I just was taking copious amounts of notes. I was uh, talking to my coaches. I was leaning into the masterminds, to the accountability pods. I was underwriting deals. I started calling brokers. Everything that was really outside of my comfort zone, I'm like, I'm here, I'm by myself. I just got to you know, jump into this. And very quickly, I started getting responses from brokers and underwriting deals and submitting LOIs and making offers and how you could see how it was going to work, you know, and I, I felt I was feeling really good about it. And obviously, an uncertain time. Uh, what a way to start underwriting right during the period of COVID. So um, <laughs> right, that's kind right. of how I got my start, you know, and, um, you know, I, I'm in the Jake and Gino program. And um, it's honestly the best investment that I've made to date. Uh, because it's just a tremendous community with tons of uh tons of information, tons of experience. Uh there's partnerships available. I mean, it's just it's been unbelievable. Um, with that being said, uh, my coach is from New York and uh he and I um were working together and uh he gave me an opportunity of a lifetime to kind of join him on a syndication that he was putting together to get a you know, to get a look on the back end and to really dive into some of the due diligence and you know just to really kind of get a a feel for syndication and that wasn't even my intent when i joined the program i wanted to take down six 12 18 20 unit properties at the time i was thinking by myself but my mind has now you know opened up to the power partnerships and the power of your network and you know really working together with a team and the syndication model was just unbelievable to me so i dove into the syndication model and you know that was my that was my first syndication i've now done two and I'm working on my third currently. And um, so that's in a nutshell, I'm probably talking too much. <laughs> so stop me. You can slap me through the computer if you need to, but that's how I got my start in real estate. Nice. I love it. You really
1: uh, have, have ramped up and and taken it seriously and, and moving forward, making things happen is so, so important in real estate and not... Uh, not sitting on the sidelines for too long. I do want to also hit on, you know, your experience with the, um, triplex that you bought and whether you still have it, how that experience
0: has been throughout COVID and, you know, whether you would do that. Type yeah. Of so weekend. the triplex, um, I, I had listened to podcasts about single families, condos, duplexes and triplexes and quads. And I love the model that you could, you know, get a traditional mortgage on a one to four unit property. And to me, I, you know, I didn't want to do a single family rental, even though there's nothing wrong with single family rentals, because I was nervous that when the person moved out, I would have no cash flow. you know? So I at least wanted to go for a duplex, if not a triplex or a quad. So I ended up looking around and I immediately, uh, had a lot of deal flow with, uh, triplexes and I just started underwriting them, um, and, you know, they were cash flowing, but there was a lot of competition from more experienced landlords uh, to kind of, to kind of get into them because they, they're just a good cash flowing model property. So we had gotten in, there was, you know, I, I set my email alerts up and there was one that came on the market and we immediately, you know, jumped on it and looked at it and I made an offer and uh, that's kind of how I got my start. And, you know, it was... It was set up for success. We bought it at the right price. Uh, the bones were good. You know, we ended up putting uh, vinyl siding on it, a new roof, and then we also had to renovate the uh, first floor unit. Um, and I'm not all that handy, but I could, you know, fake it until I make it. I enlisted some of my friends to uh, to help, you know, who had the right tools and the right know-how, and spent a lot of time, you know, doing, you know, the LVT flooring and painting and sheetrocking and all this stuff. So. It was a great, great, like way to jump into, you know, what does it mean to be a landlord? What does it mean to do a rehab? How long does it take? How much does it cost? I really didn't know that to the extent that I needed to know it. Uh, so it was a big education, you know, um, and then, you know, getting getting a renter in there, you know, what does it mean to put out the, uh, you know, the listing and to sort through the applications? I mean, it, there was a lot of work to be done. Uh, So to answer your question, would I do it again? Well, if I never knew about syndication, the answer would be yes. That's that's all I knew, and it was working. Uh, But it was a lot of time, it was a lot of effort, and I'm thankful and grateful for the effort and the education that that I kind of got from it. But no, knowing what I know now about passive income and and syndication and and all the opportunities that are out there, there's there's no possible way I would have that I would choose to be a landlord and to do it by myself and and uh forgo maybe the passive income uh, route uh with syndication.
1: Okay. Yeah, I,
0: I definitely agree.
1: Uh, do you so you still have the yeah, property today? today. Yeah. How has the experience been, you know, how's your experience been with you know the eviction moratorium and, and all of the um things
0: going on these days? Has that impacted you or have you how have you dealt with that? Yeah, so luckily, you know, this is being recorded in uh, in January. Uh so I have not had uh, a real problem with rent collection, maybe a few days late, you know, um, with a late fee, I've forgiven a lot of late fees, uh, just, you know, because I, I, listen, at the end of the day, I know that it's hard out there, right? People are losing jobs or maybe there's not, not, you know, not as much. And so um, I've been very, you know, forgiving with, with that stuff and working with the tenants, Uh, This is honestly the first month that there's been like a significant lapse in in, in payment, but I think we're going to be on track for for next month. Uh, As far as the eviction goes, like, I don't think people, you know, in the market that I'm in necessarily want to, you know, want to leave their place and look for a new place right now. It's just not like not a good time to go, I guess, uh, searching for a better deal or a good apartment like this. You know, I think there's a certain amount of uncertainty and people feel secure kind of where they are. So with that being said, the tenants that I have, I think they're tremendous, and you know, uh, it hasn't affected me all that much. But you know there's a new administration coming in, and they're talking about extending it to, to September. Um, you know so eight months is a long way away um, if people decide to stop paying rent, but by and large, people need food clothing and a place to live. So uh, whether you work it out with your tenants or uh, you know people leave on their own, uh, I, think, I think in the long run it'll, it'll work out.
1: Hmm. Cool. So, and has your experience with the uh, syndications you're in been similar? and And I mean, are you in that same vein, right? There are different um landlord tenant laws in different markets and your uh, triplexes in Connecticut. But where are you investing in your,
0: you know? Yeah, so the management. first syndication was in Pennsylvania, uh, and it was a, a B plus property. It was forty three units, and uh, the people we bought it from did a uh, a total gut and you know redevelopment of the property. Um, so it was, for lack of a better term, it was a stabilized property. So there's a high quality tenant in there, and the you know rent collections have been tremendous uh, right through COVID. Second deal that was closed at the end of December, so rolling into it for a month, uh, is running at 95% occupancy. It's a C plus asset down in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, That one's 144 units. So at 95% occupancy, right through COVID, um, you know, and our business plan calls for, uh, you know, a a light value add. So, you know, we are, you know, we forecasted in our underwriting no rent, you no, know, no, like everybody else, no rent increases for year one, and a very modest uh, rental increase for years two through five. With that being said, we have a lot of reserves built into the budget, you know. So if if um, occupancy does dip, it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt, you know, as, as much as it would if you if you didn't buy it right and you didn't finance it right, and you don't have the correct amount of reserves, you know. The one that we're doing right now is a, it's an A-class property uh, down in a uh, very hot market in Florida and they're running at 97% occupancy right through COVID. So we feel really strong. I mean, it's uh, multifamily has been very resilient through, through COVID so far. Yeah, that's good. Well, right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All
1: right, Tim, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. You've listened to the show. You ready, know man. this. Are you ready? All right. We might have even guard, already gotten the answer to this one. I don't know. We'll see. First question. What is the best investment you ever made? Actually, no, we haven't. Other than in your education. So you can't say Jake and Gina. Oh, boy.
0: Um, I'm going to say it's the investment I've made in myself over the last, uh, say, year and a half, two years. You know, th- Just a total mindset shift. And uh, I've been reading more books than I've ever read in my entire life. More audio books than I care to admit more podcasts than I care to admit, but just working on myself, my relationships, you know, my health, uh, my family, I think, you know, all that when it when it comes together is just a really powerful thing. So, um, uh, might be a little bit of a corny answer, but I'm going with that.
1: So we had the best investment. Now we go to the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? No, Hopefully definitely the triplex.
0: Trials. Um, you know, it's hard sometimes when uh, you're in this space and you're trying to figure it out in the beginning and you don't know exactly where to turn. And, um, there's so many emails, you know, selling products and I've definitely been guilty of like getting caught in a quick funnel. Um, you know, so (laughs) Uh, don't, don't judge me. I think there's a lot of listeners out there that do the same thing, but I've definitely, um, I've definitely bought a lot of those programs. So everybody's been upsold at,
1: at one point or another. So you bought
0: a particular, you don't need to say who it is, obviously, but you bought a particular program. Didn't pan out, uh, you know, know, because listen, at the end of the day, like, you know, if you're going to do something, you just got to commit and take action. Like if you're, you know, there's, there's a, uh, you know, there's people out there like that we talk about, there's, there's victims like, oh, I can't do this or it's not for me. Then there's, there's like the perpetual education person that maybe goes to a ton of conferences, reads all the books, goes to all the programs, buys all the programs, but never takes action. And then there's somebody, you know, who actually commits and they take the action. Um, In the beginning, I was that person with the education and buying all the programs and buying all the books and, you know, but I had to, you know, I had to go that different route and take action because if you don't take the action, then there's no, there's almost no sense in, in, in going down that route, you know?
1: Absolutely. I mean, the action is what it comes down to. And when you spend enough time in these real estate spaces, you're going to meet a lot of people who will come and go or show up consistently, but never take that next step, you know, either on their own time away from the networking event or, or what have you got to make these things happen. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson
0: you've learned in business and investing? You know what? It's, uh, keeping your word and doing what you doing, doing what you say you're going to do. Um, you know, uh, during this process, I've had the opportunity to, you know, raise capital from friends and family um, to, you know, to come into these syndication deals. And it's one of those things where these, you know, people in my ecosystem, like they don't know about syndication. And I've actually had a a great time talking about real estate syndication and, and what it is and how they can benefit. But, you know, there's a certain amount of skepticism and, you know, does that work? And, you know, I think we were we were joking before that the guys in the firehouse call me Bernie Madoff and Lieutenant Madoff sometimes because they don't know about syndication and uh, you know they think I have a Ponzi scheme going. But anyway, it's it's you know it's following through, it's it's networking, it's being truthful, it's bringing people on that journey, and 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 doing exactly what you say you're going to do. Um, it's his powerful stuff.
1: Nice. Well, Tim, thank you for joining us today, bringing us all these lessons and telling us why you know, maybe syndication's a better move than uh, than small multifamily investing. If folks want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more, if they want to learn about, you know, syndications you're doing and all of that,
0: best you know, way is our website. It's citysidecap.com. My email address is just simply tim at citysidecap.com. And I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook. Uh, I try to, I try to get back to everybody. Uh, but yeah, that's where you can find, find me
1: awesome love it well thanks once again for joining us today to everybody out there thank you for tuning in if you're enjoying the show please leave us a rating or review on apple Podcasts. it's very much appreciated and helps other people learn about the show if you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives please share the show with them and bring them in as a tribe we're also live streaming this show on youtube now so if you'd like to join the conversation live look us up on youtube hit the subscribe button the notification bell smash that like button as the talking heads like to say and we look forward to seeing you there live thank you for tuning in once again i hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week and we'll talk to you on the next one bye-bye